Hello, friend. My name is Denise Renner. I'm so glad that you're with me today. And you know, if God is touching you anyway on these programs, please let me know. And if you have prayer requests, please send me your prayer request because I see your prayer request and I see what God is doing in your life. And I want to share that with people because your testimony, it says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, that it defeats the devil. Now, don't keep your testimony to yourself because that it does. It says it, that's not the power. It's the power when we tell what it is that God has done in our life. So please let me know and and I will probably tell it on this program. I won't say your name, but I want to give glory and encourage others. That's what your testimony does. It defeats the devil. And then as people hear it, it encourages them to believe also. So let me hear from you. And today we want to talk about how to be strong in these last days that we need to know that without him, we can do nothing. You say, well, Denise, why, why would you talk about that? I, I know that without him, I can do nothing. But it kind of slips on us sometimes that we think that the goodness that's coming from our life is, well, I'm pretty good. You know, I've studied. I've worked hard. I've done all this. And we can even deceive ourselves in, in our heart that we're pretty good. And I want to talk to you about a couple examples that didn't turn out so good for people who did not give God the glory. And so, friend, in these last days, we've got to, like, learn, God, I give you the glory. God, if it was good, it was you. And I don't want it to just be rhetoric that comes out of our mouth, but that it really becomes something about our heart that we really start to understand. If it's good, it came from God. Are you ready to start? Well, we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 30. And this is a very interesting story and one that we can learn a lot from. And this is where David <clears throat> has left his men in Ziglag and they have been out fighting battles, but he, he's left, he's left not just his men, some of his men there, but he has left all the children of those men and all their belongings. Well, what happens is, oh, look at this, because David comes to Ziglag and look what it says in verse three of chapter 30 of first Samuel. So David and his men came to the city and there it was. There it was. Have you ever had a moment where, and there it was. There's my problem. There's rejection. There's my sick child. There's, I got fired from my job. There's, my, my mother won't speak to me. There's, I just lost $100. There's my my bank account's empty. 
there. I have some kind of sickness. You know what I'm saying? This is the kind of moment that they had. They came and they saw it. There it was. And look what they saw. That the city was burned to the ground with fire and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. I mean, everything that they had, everything that David's men and David had was left in Ziglag. Their families, their belongings, and they came and there, it says, and there they found that the, the city was empty, the city was burned down, and the enemy had stolen their wives and their children. This is such a terrible situation. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. These are mighty men. And they wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 5. And David's two wives were also taken captive. Verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. I mean, this just gets worse because the soul of the people was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Now, this is a very important scripture that we have. And David strengthened himself in the Lord. A lot of times Maybe you've done this. I've done this at times. Something happens. You see that something's happened and you just start immediately praying. But your prayers are filled with worry. They're filled with fear. They're filled with doubt. David, he strengthened himself in the Lord first before he inquired of the Lord. And friend, I think that that is instruction for us, that when we come to those places where we just talked about, and there, there's, I lost my job, and there, my child won't speak to me, and there, I got a terrible diagnosis in my body, and there, I found out that my husband committed adultery, and there, I found out my wife wanted to leave me. I mean... These situations that come because we live in a fallen world and there's a bad devil out there and he wants to bring destruction and steal every, every good thing that we have. So these things happen. But what's the first thing that we do? And David shows us what the first thing is that we do. It's not to, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray and pray and pray. And, and, and I have so much fear and I'm so worried, but I'm going to pray. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, many, many, many years ago, Rick and I were traveling in the, uh, in the United States and we had just gone to a church and we had just, Rick went into a, a little, uh, you know, convenience store and just bought some coffee. Well, Philip was in my lap in the front uh, seat. And at, the, at that time they did not enforce uh, seat belts. And he was, he was just little and he put his hand in that hot, hot coffee. Well, it was midnight, so I didn't really understand the gravity of what had just happened. Couldn't see very well. He was crying. And, um, but 
what I'm telling you was, is that when I saw his hand and his skin was coming off of his hand, it was just a horrible thing that happened. I immediately started praying, but my prayers weren't filled with faith. They were filled with fear. They were filled with anxiety. They were filled with, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And, and I know that the Lord was gracious because he sure did help us. And he healed, he healed Philip's hand and he has no signs of his hand ever having those third degree burns on it. But I could have been saying, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you by your stripes, we are healed. Jesus, you are here right now. Jesus, I could have been encouraging myself. So when, and, and that instead of just frantically praying. So you know what I'm saying? So David could have frantically prayed. He had really reason to frantically pray because they want to stone him. His wife's been kidnapped. All these men's families have been kidnapped and the city's been burned down. But he doesn't frantically pray he encouraged himself in the Lord and I want you to look at a psalm I don't know if this is the psalm that that Jesus that uh, you know that David wrote at this time but this shows us a way that he encouraged himself in the Lord and it's Psalm 63 and it says oh God verse 1 You are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Do you see a pattern in this? He is not looking at the situation. He is looking at God. You see, if David, if all he had done when he, in the city, he's standing there in this burned down city and his wife's kidnapped and these men want to stone him and they're cried so much they can't cry anymore. And, and their children have been kidnapped. If he just looked at the situation, he wouldn't have gotten any courage. But he encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't look at the situation. He looked at God. He looked at God. Friend, that's where our encouragement is. Excuse me, is looking at God. And looking at his goodness. Look what David said. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. So I look for you. To see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. His attention's not on the problem. His attention is on the answer. His attention is on God. There's a song that I grew up singing. I want to sing just a couple of lines for you. But it says. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. 
look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See, we have to turn our attention away from the problem and turn our attention on God. And that's what David did. So it says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, the next thing that David did is that he asked God. And and listen to what he said to God. <clears throat> so David, verse 8, inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue, pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? Very clear questions. And God answered, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Now you say, well, that's the Old Testament. God is talking to David. But my friend, what about the Holy Spirit? What about his role in our life? Look at John. Look at John chapter, chapter 16. We have a very clear promise about the Holy Spirit and about his reputation, about his character. Look at verse 13 of chapter 16. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is a guide so you can trust him and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is going to tell you exactly the will of the father. That's exactly what happened to David. He encouraged himself in the Lord, but then he went to the Lord and he said, what do you want me to do? Well, for us, if these things are happening in our life and these problems are coming to our life, we need to encourage ourselves. We need to, we need to proclaim that Jesus is Lord. We need to say, I am his, his blood bought bought and paid for me. I am going to heaven. I mean, this is what I do, friends. I don't just, I don't just sit around and say, oh gosh, what am I going to do? And how the devil just tries to beat you in the head with his lies and us believe every lie that he says that you're not going to get through this. You're not going to make it. You, you ought as well give up not to believe that, but to say, you know what? I know some truth. And I know this, I know that Jesus Christ is Lord. I know that he died on the cross. I know that he paid for my sins. I know that he went to hell for my punishment. And I know that I have a relationship with him. So devil, shut up. You see, that's encouraging yourself in the Lord. And then you can say, Lord, what should I do? And the Holy Spirit, who is the guide, he's going to guide you. 
isn't that great? And you see, you say, how's this is giving glory to God? Because when we're just trying to figure everything out on our own, we're not giving him glory. We're not giving him place. We're just saying, well, I can handle this problem. I can handle this problem. Don't worry. You know, I've heard some people say, they tell me their problem and I say, can I pray for you? And they say, no, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Why aren't you, why aren't you asking him who cares about every concern that you have? Why aren't you asking him who knows how many hairs are on your head? Why aren't you asking him who sees when a bear, a sparrow falls from a tree? How much more does he care from you? Why aren't you asking him? Because he cares for you. So when we ask him, friend, we're giving glory to him. We're saying, God, I'm not enough by myself. I can't do this by myself. I need you for everything in my life. I just, I want to give you a story. It's really, it's out of my own life and happened many, many, many years ago. And I was given the awesome privilege of, I was uh, 28 years old. I was given the awesome privilege uh, to go and audition at uh, the most prestigious opera house in, in the world, one of the most prestigious opera houses in the world, which is the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. And I was given an opportunity to go in and to sing for Beverly Sills, a, a renowned opera singer, and another at the Metropolitan, I was to sing before these opera coaches who feed young opera singers into the Metropolitan Opera. Well, I mean, I studied, I worked, I practiced, I had done what I needed to do to be in that place. But as you can imagine, I was uh, very concerned about my own liabilities and my own imperfections. And it was all about me, 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 me. And that's all that I could think about is, will they like me? Uh, will I sing that phrase right? Um, will my voice... Uh, feel strong today and full. So all these questions, questions, questions are coming to my mind, flooding my mind. This is sure not making it easier for me to calm down. And, you know, to be able to sing, you have to be relaxed. So I was uh, not <laughs> relaxed at all and I needed to calm down. Well, I went to this room to practice, to get my voice warmed up. And I said, God, please help me. And as I was praying, I heard, and I know now it was the Holy Spirit. And he said, uh, could you even stand if I had not given you the legs of which you're standing on? He said, uh, you can't even memorize or study this music if I didn't give you the brain that I gave you. And then he said, and you absolutely would not be here if I hadn't given you that voice. And I saw 
that my perspective began to change. And I saw it was not only about what I could do. I had prepared. I'd done everything that I could do to prepare for that moment. But the truth was, I couldn't do anything without him. And at that time, I didn't even know John 15 verse 5 that says, without him we can do nothing. I didn't even know uh, Daniel chapter 25 verse 23 that says to this wicked king, you can't even breathe without me. I own all your ways that we cannot even breathe without him. If we can't breathe without him, we need to acknowledge him. Well, I, I knew that the Holy Spirit was encouraging me. And to tell you the honest truth, I calmed down and I did really well on that audition. But now I know, as I look back at that situation, now I know to God be all the glory that I sang well that day and not to me. I want to ask you a question. What kind of pressure are you putting on yourself that it all depends on you? Yes, we need to do our part. I agree with that. And we should do all that we can do. But I want to tell you the truth. It doesn't all depend on you. We are very dependent on him. I just read, I just quoted to you out of Daniel chapter 5, verse 23, that God was saying to this wicked king, I hold your breath in my hand. I own all your ways. Now, he said that to a wicked king. Do you think it doesn't apply to us that he holds our breath in his hand and that he owns all of our ways? Of course, of course, he's given you the breath to breathe that you're breathing right now. You see, your situation and the success of your situation, it doesn't all depend on you. We need to be dependent on him. Like Jesus said, you can't do anything without him. Oh, praise the Lord. This is such an answer for us. Have you ever been under that burden where, oh, if I don't do this, oh, if I don't figure this out, oh, and it's such a burden. It's such a burden and we carry that burden like it's ours. It's not our burden. It, uh, that burden, Jesus said, cast your burden over on him. When we cast our burden over on, on him, we're glorifying him. We're acknowledging him. We're saying, God, I can't do this without you. God, your word says, I can't do anything without you. And Lord, I'm trusting you. And God, I give you glory. I give you glory, God, because you're working in my life. I give you glory, God, that you're the one that gave me the brain that I can figure this out. You're the one that gives me strength that I can move about. You're the one that gives me the health right now that I have. I give you glory, God. Do you see how that 
that brings up your eyes to give him glory and not just to look at your situation. That song that I sang to you, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glorious grace. That's absolutely the truth. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says that this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus did himself. But the verse says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, despised the shame, endured the cross, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, he's our example. He was looking unto the joy. He was looking unto the reward. He was looking unto God. Is it not good enough for us as we face difficult things to take our eyes off of the situation and turn our eyes upon him and in that we give him place and we give him glory and we say God I can't do this without you friend when you do that you invite him into your very situation well we're almost out of time I pray for you right now that you have the boldest before God to say, God, I want you in my situation. I need you, God. In Jesus' name. Women are powerful and very influential. But what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the Bible also gives examples of women who were supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament. Whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.